actually not ready, so. God damn it. Fucking Coming up next. Not next. What is your Coming rookie? up next. Rookie. Coming up tonight. We do this so often, Rachel. <laughs> then coming up on verse, chorus, verse. There's a shit ton of albums we didn't get to this year. Have you ever heard of the trauma response? I don't think so. Basically, our bodies can get stuck in a negative feedback loop. Our subconscious can repeat patterns from the past, which can have a pretty drastic downstream effect in our biology. Essentially, your mind is uh, hi everybody, welcome to episode 155 of Verse Chorus Verse, I am DL. It's not me, alone, I need a script. With me is Rachel, I'm gonna guess started studying 12 days ago polio. Rachel, how are you? I'm good, and there were 14 hours on this playlist, so I started studying a little more than 14 hours ago. You already made that joke. Also with us is... Evil, I'm going to guess four days ago. <laughs> Evil, <laughs> how are you doing? You're spot on. <laughs> four days? No, I've, no, 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 no. James. <laughs> Three. Hey, I only gave you 20 instead of 25 Jesus this year. It's barely accident. any albums. It's a lot of music. Rachel, how you been? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. You went to like Utah or something? Yes. The company that I work for bought a bunch of box seats at a Utah jazz game. Oh, you watched them get beat by the Suns. In the playing tournament. It was a pretty good game. It was pretty in close. In their faces. I bet there were a lot of sad white people in that <laughs> building. There were so... I mean, I live in Idaho, and I live in eastern Idaho, but the amount of white people there... Denver everybody. Nuggets and Utah Jazz games. It is uh, It is a sea of white. Yes. Evil, have you been this week? Uh, not bad. Knee deep in Christmas music already? Mm -hmm. we, we, we've been listening to Christmas music. It's blurry in my background, but I've got... Oh, you got Charlie Brown. Got Charlie nice. Brown. And... Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby. Very cool. I got I got more on the way. Eve started listening to Christmas music in fucking September. So <laughs> let's talk about religion. Early. Are you guys are you guys strict Christian? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, everybody, what are we doing here tonight? Look, we've reached the end of season three. All but we've got to get on a plane and go and do some shit. But other than that, we're pretty much there. Evil, percentage wise, how ready are you for the finale? Oh, I don't know. Say eight percent. <laughs> mm, you think that much? Generous. I work well under pressure. So, Rachel, same question. Uh, eight percent more than Jimmy, probably. So eight percent. <laughs> so eight percent. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. It's gonna be extremely exciting, and when it does come out, you will see how awesome it is. We've got a lot of stuff planned. A lot of cool new things coming. Everybody, watch the finale. Before we do that. We got to finish off 2023 by covering 20 albums. We're going to give it three minutes each as opposed to our regular six. Mm. The whole idea of this is we have three episodes a year. We go through 10 brand new albums. And then with this, I figure if we cover 20 more albums, that's 50 new albums a year. That's I a feel lot. like we are doing our job yeah. well. Yeah. So what I do is I grab 20 albums that were at some point either social media darlings, critic darlings, indie darlings, that sort of thing. I just grab ones that I know that there's at least one listener out there that is like, man, I really wish they would cover this album. Oof. Sorry for you guys. They get pissed off at us when we don't like <laughs> We're it. We're going to um, shit on it. I mean, some of these, yes. <laughs> that initial run through that I did, I was like, oh, I was going to, mm -hmm. I had this great idea and then I realized how much fucking work it was going to be. And I, and I started listening to some of the stuff. I'm like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was going to pick 
an album to replace each one of these oh. from the year. Oh. But then I'm like, that's 40 albums I have to listen to. So fuck that idea. <laughs> also, they would have all been metal, right? Yes. No, no. I was going to try to pick something in the same vein. The album oh. was like, instead of this, listen to yeah. this. And But I'm like, this is way too much work for me. I don't see that being an evil project. No, really. no, it sounded cool. <laughs> and then I'm like, man. Lovely in Great theory. Idea. Most important part of the day it's daytime. It is day evil. What are you drinking tonight? Do you want to guess? Today. Negroni? It's in that vein. I don't know. Is it an old fashioned? That's no, too it's, easy. No, it's too easy. We went to a, um, a fundraiser last night. A co-worker of Megan's helped found this endeavor where they all work in healthcare, where they travel down to Honduras and they have, they like provide healthcare for the locals there. And it's awesome thing. Megan That's almost did it one year. Really yeah, cool. It's, it's actually really, really fucking cool. And the, we went to Cinder winery here in Boise. They have a cool venue, but we bid and won a bottle of cognac. Ooh, and so nice. I made, made a vucare out of the cognac. Lovely. Yes. Went, French, it's like you know, the Louisiana cocktail. purchase. French, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that Gambit would drink. How about that? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got the, the the rye from the American yeah. side of things. It's got the the cognac from the French side of things. Creole bitters, Angostura bitters. This is what I order if I go to a a bar and I'm like, I want to see if this is a good. If bar. it's good. Yeah, I order a Vucare. And if they can make a good Vucare, then yeah, I'm coming back. You know, like one of my big goals for this podcast is to be able to do a live show in New Orleans. It's like a fucking tour of New Orleans, but on this podcast where we're in like the absinthe house and stuff. Uh, Rachel, we got just a teeny bit sidetracked, but what are you doing? What am I not drinking, David? Are you doing it again? (laughs) So here's (laughs) at Target, they have this shot roulette game. So it comes with these teeny tiny little shot glasses. Okay. And then it's just wait, like. Wait, 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 wait. Put that back to the camera. Yeah. For those that can't see. Oh, wait, there's no bottom to it. Okay. That's a, that's okay amount. That's a finger. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did tell the bartender two shots of hard liquor and then like, you know, whatever other beers or things are in Love here. It. So I'm not going to get like obliterated. But anyway, 20 shots. Perfect. So that's what happened. Wow. Do you see my wall of tequila here, by the way? That is just tequila. That is. Tequila. Yes. And then your mixers. I am drinking and you know, I don't know that I've ever had this coffee, but with Simple syrup and rum. Oh, yes. Just black, right? Yeah, but Evil, you might be a teeny bit disappointed. It is just black, but the truth is I'm trying to get rid of my cheap rum. Oh, so I had, I went with Bacardi Gold. It's not terrible. Better than most drinks that have Bacardi Gold in it. I'd say that. <laughs> Try Kirk and Sweeney. That's my go-to coffee rum. It looks expensive. <sighs> There was a 12 and 18 and then like a 23 or 24. No, I'm looking at it. You're yeah, right. The There's a reserve of 12 year that's like yeah. 25 bucks. Yeah, that. That's, that's what I, my holiday old fashions with that. And I put that in my coffee. We're going to learn a lot and talk a lot about booze next year. Yes. Mm-hmm. You could use the rum in cooking. No, my booze is no. for drinking. Okay. No, I'm not. You don't want to cook? Okay. <laughs> if you're saying you're trying to no. use it hey, up. I bought the goddamn bottle of liquor. I have to drink it. Them's the rules. <laughs> I've never in my life turned down a, a shot. I'm not going to do that either. God damn it. Never turn down a shot. It is why 
a few select people in my life have almost killed me many, many times. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, 20 albums, everybody. This is going to be, you know, I love these episodes. I really do. And I don't know if either of you listened to the last year when we did this. I don't know what the context was, but apparently we all got fucking hammered. Hammered. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like... It's amazing. Good for us. Well, I yeah. I don't feel bad for not remembering it because it sounds like <laughs> maybe none of us remember it. Let's start capping off season three. We're going to take a break and we're going to get to 20 albums. Pop a cap in that season three. <laughs> sick boy, sick boy, bitten by a tick boy. Looking for that fixed boy. Anabolic steroids, them so. Post a boy, pass out. Noise, Everybody, we're back. 20 albums. We've got to get into it. But the first thing that we have to do is the friendship test. Mm. Out of these 20, who's going to like what? Rachel, what are Evil and I's favorite out of these 20 fucking albums? Well, this was hard because there's not a lot of (laughs) standout screaming at me that you guys would like. For Evil, King Gizzard sounded the most up his alley. That's a good Although I don't. I don't think that it was his favorite, but that's what I'm going to go with. I think he probably really fucking it, liked it. It sounded right. <laughs> uh, David, I picked Slow Dive for you. That's not a terrible pick. It's because it's, it's not a it's, terrible pick. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a David album. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. I think those are good picks. I'll that's go next. Um, uh, evil. It's it's half cheating, but that's the point of the friendship test. I definitely don't know if I'm right. But I do know that A, Evil loves Rival Sons. I do. And B, he owns the album. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I don't know if it was sight unseen, if you bought it before hearing or what, but did. hey, I'm just <laughs> going to throw the dice and say my percentages are higher with that album. That's smart. As for Rachel, <laughs> I started to pick something and then I realized there's something going on with Rachel this year. <laughs> and I don't know if she is flying in the face of if she's just being an independent woman and, and thinking, hey, fuck you guys for saying that I'm all about beats per minute. I am going to listen to sappy pappy country crap this year and just shove it all in your face. I went with Boy Genius. I think that Rachel okay. loved Boy Genius. She's into the slow songwriting this year. Hmm. Uh, Evil, what about Rachel and I? That throws me off. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Just be your own man. Don't ever do that. That's no, not how you terrible. win. That's the worst advice ever. Um, <laughs> for you, Mr. DL, I know that you don't like this band. However, I think that you might like this album a lot. And it's the Rolling Stones album. I have thoughts on this album. I, I kind of thought you, <laughs> I thought you might have thoughts. I think that I might be the ballsiest pick anybody's ever had yes. on this show. <laughs> <laughs> For Rachel, I don't know. I could pick. I'm going to say Tyler Childers. Rachel going along with the sappy pappy yep it's not that sappy pappy though no you're right not sappy pappy wasn't but we'll get we'll get to that album all right we will let's go to our first album I'm gonna start the timer dark fighter by rival sons pitchfork guardian nor the great and honorable needle drop reviewed this I guess I'll start. I'm a big time Rival Sons fan. I have been in the however many, what is this, their eighth album, I believe, something, the seventh something. studio album. Big fan of theirs for obvious reasons. They are 
Southern meets just traditional rock. This album is simple. This album is clean. This album is dirty. This album is for driving. It's for working out. It's for Friday nights. It's for cleaning. It's for promos. It, this album's a fucking beast. Tons of classical rock nods, the acoustic and organ stuff, a lot of like Boston-ish. I hear a lot of the doors. I hear Black Keys, but the difference mm-hmm. with Rival Sons and Black Keys is that Rival Sons knows how to ride a fucking hook. <laughs> um, Foo Fighters, 90s Garage, there's everything. I think this album fucking rocks. Uh, Rachel? Yeah, copy paste. Initially, the first song sounded like Tonic, and Greta Van Fleet had a baby. Okay. And then, and then it moved on to all these other, like you said, like a lot of classic rock songs. This album, I think more than any other, my biggest complaint about this list, there wasn't a lot of diversity within the albums. This one had a lot. Mm-hmm. This one had a lot of different Very much sounds, agree. I agree with that. Um, going on with it. I want to listen to it a lot more to get a good feel for it. But when I was at the final song, I wrote, this album is amazing and I want to listen to it forever because it slaps. It was so, so, so good. Rival Sons is my favorite band that we have not talked much about on the podcast. I think they're maybe the most unrated rock band out there right now. I I can see that. They fly under the radar. They have a a rabid following. No, they do. They're doing okay. They just don't get a lot of coverage. I don't think they've written a bad song ever. (laughs) I'm not even joking about that. I'm not. That's not hyperbole i don't think they've written a bad song jay buchanan is one of the greatest vocalists ever in rock music okay fucking phenomenal i'm so glad we're talking about him i love this album you we can't bring it up without lightbringer the second album they released this year right which is also fucking great yep when i listened i listened to this album dark fighter first uh, and then i listened to lightbringer i'm like oh i think lightbringer's better then i go back to dark fighter i'm like ah Actually, Dark Fighter's really good. It's a double album that they release separately. Let's just be honest yeah. about what, yeah. what it is. Two huge thumbs up. I love Mirrors. I love Nobody Wants to Die. That is a jam. Guillotine's great. Sounds like something Jack White might have written. <laughs> I said Eerie Royal Blood for Guillotine. Yes. yes. There are a couple of bands on this list that we can trace roots back to Zeppelin. Yeah. This is the real heir to Zeppelin. Yes. The other band is not. We're not doing thumbs or anything in this episode. I am for this band. (laughs) Fuck yes. This would totally be a two thumbs way up album. Yeah. 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 Good job, Rival Sons. Let's get to the next one, which was a social media darling for about two months this year. Big time. It is Everything is Alive by Slow Dive. Pitchfork gave it 7.7. Guardian gave it, you guessed it, four out of four five, out of five <laughs> stars. And the great and honorable Needle Drop gave it six out of 10. Uh, Rachel, let's start with you. Yeah, great background music for David is what I wrote. It gave me yeah. the guest vibes. I think it was the synth synth wave oh. on it. I don't usually love a mostly instrumental. I like lyrics. And so this one, I kind of struggled with that. Uh, eventually there were lyrics. So that was good. Chain to a Cloud. It felt like the title of the song. It gave mm, that okay. earthy, spatial, like floating in air kind of vibe. So yeah, this was really good background music for me. I don't know if it's something I'll listen to again. That theme of background music is 
perfect. Yeah. I knew nothing about the band or the music going in. Initial listen, I'm like, I, I'm digging this. It's a very synth wavy vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, great opening to the to the album for me. To like be the other side of the coin, I prefer the instrumental stuff on this album. Me too. The songs with lyrics, the lyrics are very kind of like almost instrumental in themselves. It's very buried yep. and muted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it this was a great background music album for me. When I actively listened to it, it, it started to break down a little bit. Just it's just not my thing. The lyrics, not, yeah. eh, not really my thing. But it's fucking great. I'll probably throw this on every now and then. It's like kind of got a tinge of melancholy to it. I like sure. that sometimes. Sure. This is very much right time, right place type of music mm-hmm. this is not something you're just gonna pop on like you guys said background yeah. stuff like that i don't just think it's better without the lyrics i think when the lyrics come this album falters pretty hard yep andrew lucia or whatever that is just ridiculous and it's ridiculous because <laughs> of the vocals that's fair you know a lot of stuff on this that's just that i'm always gonna like shanties very very radiohead-esque bass line that keeps it mm-hmm. it's more than just a soundscape shoegaze thing but there's an additional element that just there's like that cinematic synth pluck that they just do different things that a lot of bands don't put into that whole synth shoegaze thing that i think works amazingly if it's not for you it's not for you if it is it's really, really good soundscape, though. I personally would give this two thumbs way up. I think it's a fantastically written album. This is one of those albums where you can definitely understand, even though you love it, I can get where other people would just not be interested in this shit. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're all positive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rachel, what were your last two drinks? I fucked up. Great question. Uh, the first one was Malibu. The second one was Mead. All Father Mead. Mm. Oh, some mead and all right so we're two for two so far yeah i like it everybody let's go back to the 90s and talk about one more time by blink 182 pitchfork gave it 5.2 guardian gave it Oh Worse. shit, you know you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and the great and honorable needle drop gave it five out of ten. Evil. Yikes. What's your name again? Uh, that's so dumb. <laughs> okay, first of all, what is with the all cap song titles? It's the thing now. Just... I guess it has to be a Spotify algorithm thing. Maybe? It's gotta be, right? Is it? I don't know. I love the, the idea only- of a boomer accidentally just putting it in caps lock and oh. then just everything is. I know. That's the joke. I mean, oh, I think it's sonically great. The fucking kick drums are way forward. Like, why not? Oh, if sure. you have Travis Barker playing drums, why not feature him? You can tell that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. I don't know if I want to know what dudes in their late 40s and early 50s are you don't. saying over music like this. It's probably super stupid. Yeah. There's some weird choices. The auto-tune on One More Time. I'm like, what's going on? Blink Wave. That's a little on the nose for that song. I mean, <laughs> fuck face. What the fuck are we doing? What are we, that, That's Blink-182 trying to be Blink-182, basically. Yes. Uh, the structure, it's just a whole... It's way too long. Yep. <laughs> it's like almost an hour yeah. of... I enjoy it <laughs> for the nostalgia of it. I was never a huge Blink fan. I wasn't either. They actually came to College of Idaho when I was a freshman and played as Blink. Wow. They weren't even 182 yet and they were terrible. Oh. They were terrible. Good for whoever the fans are for this band to have yeah. some nostalgia for you guys, but 
I it's, yeah. It's so silly. here's the plus about this album. My whole problem with Blink One Eighty Two was always that one of their singers I loved, and the other one annoyed the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> well, the annoying as fuck singer is now older and has kind of calmed down with the with the whiny and the Blink One Eighty Two. But the bad thing is, is that. It doesn't sound like fucking Blink-182 anymore. Yeah. It's like Blink-182 trying to be the Ataris. It's, you know, Travis is still Travis, so you can't be mad at that. He's fucking killing it. Right. The stuff that works are all just parts of songs. Yeah. This is what happens when a band like Blink-182 takes themselves seriously. It's not good. Mm. I really liked the last album they came out with a long time ago. The one with like feeling it when they kind of half started taking their, when they were like, mm-hmm. we're actually mm-hmm. kind of good musicians now. Right. Let's do an yep. album. That yep. album fucking ruled. It was in like 2003 or whatever. Uh, but yeah, this one does not do it for me. It doesn't make sense. Rachel, what do you got? That one's bright. I don't mind. Um, I needed something harder for this talk, but this album is not new. It's not exciting. It sounds like they took every album that they've ever made and put it into a blender and then poured this out. I found this really great quote about this album. It said, listening to this is to trace the journey from arrested development to desperate self-delusion. This is them clinging onto their youth. Bless their hearts. They're all in their late 40s, early 50s, and that's fine. But you're still singing about stuff you're uh, so in your early right. 20s. And yeah, Evil, if we're not listening to the lyrics, you are I knew better. a smarter man than me. <laughs> yeah, there are songs where you're like, dude, you are grown-ass men. Why the fuck are you singing? You're totally yeah. right. And we're musically, like we've said, Travis Barker's amazing. Not as a... You know, I was expecting more than Travis really? gave. Okay. I thought this album was going to be... He's the one that stayed massively famous. Let's fucking spotlight him and have him just fucking kill the snare the whole time and he didn't really do it i appreciated they pulled in a little bit more punk rock than i'm used to so i was out to travis i guess as well but it was pretty boring and old and recycled you know that that review that everybody gets now that at least one person does every single album you ever hear now which is if ai spit out uh this band's album this is totally 100 percent so far, we're kind of all on the same page for the most we'll part. Uh, we'll we'll see when it's going to change. I have a feeling it's going to be very soon, possibly with our next album, Cousin by Wilco, Chicago's own. Pitchfork gave it 7.1. Guardian gave it, you guessed it, four, four out of five out of stars. Five. And the great and honorable needle drop didn't review it. Kind of a little bit surprising. Rachel, what is the shot? Let's go crazy. Oh, she loves it. It's her fave. Tequila? Iced. Tequila? Oh, God. Oh, God. That was a tequila face. Impressed that you knew by my face exactly what that was. It was 800. My God, uh, Wilco. Wilco is a huge hipster band. I'll say right off the bat, I love Jeff Tweedy, the the singer-songwriter. He's fucking unreal. They lost me like fucking 30 seconds into this album. (laughs) This... And I mean, lost me, lost me. I tried to stay. I really did. But for fuck's sake, they're adding like static onto the mic as some artsy. There's some Lou Reed. There's fantastic piano. I like Levy. There's some early 70s shit. But man, this is such a huge uphill struggle of an album. And even all the other ones that I could compare it to, which is it gets a little little bit Eagles, which didn't. Mm. 
help the cause. <laughs> the last people. thing that I said is, could you imagine being the drummer for this fucking band? Like how fucking miserable you'd be in your life. I Look, I just started my Wilco journey like this year. I started getting into them. This album fucking sucks. <laughs> Rachel? That's so aggressive. I mean, I didn't like it, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like it. It wasn't great. Um, <laughs> it sounded like a worse version of everything in the early 2000s that I listened to. Um, a little yeah. Built a Spill, a little Ryan Adams, a little Yola Tango, but like, but, but shittier. shittier. Yeah. And as far as like evolution from the mid 90s when they started, there's not a ton. I don't, I didn't. They're way better. Their earlier stuff is so much better than this. Yeah. But everything, like every song that I commented on, it was like, this sounds like Pedro. This sounds like John Mellencamp I pulled out of Evicted. That's the same thing as Eagles. That's the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, a, not a huge fan. Won't put this on again. This is the kind of music that I will never, ever be jacked about having to listen to. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did the work. There was a little bit of credence in a couple of the songs. How dare you? Like Cousins and Pittsburgh. Oh, but yeah. But like shitty credence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No such thing, but uh, no, I, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, I just don't care enough to give this a chance. That's However, fair. Wilco formed out of the dissolution of Uncle Tupelo. Mm-hmm. And the best part of that band went on to form Sunvolt. And I skimmed Sunvolt's album from this year. And it's fucking great. Oh. So it's a thousand times better than this. Sweet. I love Sunvolt. Wilco, I will never. Wilco, your 13th album. Not a wonder for us. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Now let's go on to the fucking 700th album of somebody, shall we? Let's get to Hackney Diamonds by Rolling Stone. Rachel, what's your shot? That was wine. I just shot wine. Hey, why are you complaining I think about tasting I just shot wine. Just because I shot it instead, instead of, of sipping savoring. it. Pitchfork gave it 4.5. Guardian gave it 3 out of 5 stars. And the great and honorable needle drop did not give it a rating, but said it's more listenable than I thought it would be. Once <laughs> is enough, though, for this album. Yeah. Rachel, David, I believe I sent you a text earlier yes. this week. Now it's time for Rachel to shit on the stove. <laughs> this was so not good. This was bad, <laughs> and I don't know that I've ever like really analyzed Rolling Stone lyrics before. But man, you did. We did sticky fingers. Oh, that's true. Garbage. I'll read some of my quotes. Garbage. I hate this. The lyrics make me want to lobotomize myself. Myself. <laughs> myself. Alcohol. Am I an asshole for hating this? All right. Um, so although I did appreciate Elton John's piano work mm-hmm. on Live by the Sword, the Lady Gaga feature, not good. It's a big fucking shocker. That was a mistake. Um, This was bad. I knew it was going to be bad, but this was the most offensive out of the group. Oh, wow. 100%. Evil, how offended were you? <laughs> most offensive. I wrote, do I love the Rolling Stones now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I went into this being like, fuck, I don't want to listen to this. Really? It won me over. Yes. I don't care about lyrics. Might as well jump. So I didn't read them. I don't fucking care. The guitar is fantastic. It is. It is stripped down, almost ACDC-ish. The songs rock. On Whole Wide World, I'm like, how the fuck are these dudes in their 76, 79, and 80 is how old they are. How are they writing this in 2023? 
apologies to Stevie Wonder. That song isn't the greatest uh, with Lady Gaga because yeah. he's also on there. It's over the top. It sounds like a really over the top yeah. bad Guns N' Roses song. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was, and I'm not a huge Stones fan at all, but this was listenable. I liked listening to this album. Okay, so. You're the tiebreaker. I'm going to say I thought this album was good. Ah! It threw me off. I don't know if it was just a little bit of, like Evil said, for how fucking old these guys are, for Keith to be doing what he's doing on that guitar. Sure. It's fucking fantastic. Now, it makes no sense. Agreeing with Rachel, when you have this 80 year old fucking dude singing about the girl that left me and I'm in love with the other, it's, it's, fucking creepy gross dude yeah. what the fuck are you singing <laughs> yeah. about it really is and that and even from the first song dude mick jagger drives me fucking insane that beat is cool the guitar's ripping it and then he comes in with the why you be angry with me <laughs> i just don't i fucking don't like it they fucking rock on this man this this yeah. there's a lot of slow shit it's a good effort. It's cute. It's cute. I, I thought they did a good job. Uh, this is probably like my third to fourth favorite Stones album now. Out of 26, like, that's pretty I, good. There you go, Stones fans. Good job. Not bad. But seriously, Mick, like stop writing about the... the Don't be a creep. It's not even a they, creep. It's, it's literally like there's no way that you are actually... Experiencing this. Yeah. yeah. They're always going to be creeps. I mean, yeah, come on. Good point. Part of their shtick. Why you be angry with me? <laughs> It is dumb, but I enjoyed it on this effort. Let's get to our sixth album. It is Rustin' in the Rain by Tyler Childers. Rachel, what are you drinking? Oh, God. Uh, that was just margarita mix, actually. <laughs> A little tart. Has the, Well, it has the tequila in it. The mix that I buy has tequila already in it. And I gave it to one of my friends whose religion tells her not to drink. Whoops. And I was like, it's totally fine. You can drink this. Uh, it was not totally fine. Whoops. <laughs> she had a very good sense of humor about it. Well, but. she's welcome for you showing her the ways. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Pitchfork gave it 7.6. Guardian did not review it. And The Great and Honorable Needle Drop did not give it a full review, but said a decent tracks, but the old timey charm only runs so deep. Evil... What did you think of Rustin in the Rain? I, when I did my initial skim of the albums and I hit this one, I'm like, uh, I was dreading coming back to it. I think I skimmed the wrong album because I actually really like this. I like oh. the throwback country. Mm -hmm. The first thing I wrote down was like, I don't hate this. I think I would really <laughs> like this music live. There's great musicianship. I love the use of the piano. Pushes some of my early Roger Klein and the Peacemakers buttons. Mm-hmm. I like the old school rock and roll infused country. It's not like my totally my jam, but I enjoyed this way more than I expected to. This is hard to explain, but look, this guy is from Lawrence County, Kentucky. So he's legit. Mm -hmm. This old timey fucking country thing. That's Lawrence County is like old school fucking moonshine country. And it kind of still is a little bit. When I first listened to this album, I was like, this is fake as fuck sounding. This sounds so fucking fake to me. And then I researched and I was like, oh, he's from fucking mm. Lawrence County. This isn't fake. For some reason, and I usually like the old timey stuff, but there's something about this that to me sounds like he's trying to do something Patsy Cline that just doesn't work. The Patsy, yes, I get that. There's a song where he's doing this like old school fucking ballad about mm. emails. Mm -hmm. It's like, that doesn't work, my man. <laughs> you can't have emails in this. There are times where the song starts 
And it sounds like it's going to be from an old Adam Sandler comedy tape. Sure. <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you. It sounds kind of like that. Oh, that's funny. So overall, I just, I, I wasn't into it. Rachel? Yeah, same. It was fine. I was not super into it. There was a lot of aspects of it that I enjoyed. Banjo, mandolin, steel guitar, all the old school country, a little bit of piano that kind of gave me Jerry Lee Lewis vibes, but I wasn't terribly impressed by it. I kind of wanted a little bit more out of it. I don't know. It, it wasn't wasn't great for me. One into it, two outliers. Let's go to another interesting one. Sick Boy by Ren. Nobody reviewed this. This guy came out with a YouTube music video about, what, nine, ten months ago that kind of got him rocketed up. You know who's a big fan of this guy is Sven. Sven is very into this dude. Really? Rachel, what are you drinking? Water. Hey oh, <laughs> Hydrate. I can't tell if this is genius, complete self-indulgent cheese, or somewhere smack dab in the middle. I can't tell. The beats are incredible. Money game, it's a cool concept. It definitely sounds like a younger person writing it. It's a very, very simplistic way to look at things. But the piano is incredible. The strings. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem with an artist like this, is he is preaching so hard and so much about money Mm -hmm. and about status and all this stuff. This guy's going to get huge. What is he going to do in two years when he's a millionaire is he gonna give all that money away mm. what's he gonna do right. that's the problem that i have with artists like this there's a little bit of eminem wannabe stuff the the girls in my basement sort of thing he does beastie boy stuff and it's amazing it's too long i am so hit and miss about this the whole time and then i look at the fucking credits and i realize that this guy did the entire fucking thing <laughs> this guy produced and wrote it all him so two thumbs right. way the fuck up god bless you sir i have to give him credit for that alone this is gonna be a weird take i have a hard time with rap in british or french accents <laughs> <laughs> it it's very uncanny valley to me which is weird because i like Antwerp, which is like south african i like that. yeah but yeah there, there's a playlist that megan throws on our sonos this is some spotify playlist and there's this french rapper who's singing english words but with a french accent and it fingernails on a fucking chalkboard to me <laughs> i cannot do it wow this is not quite that bad i wouldn't say fingernails on a chalkboard but i just couldn't get it i'm like this is well produced i just don't have time there's 20 albums we have to go through. It sounds sure. great. Fine. Whatever. His Welsh. Not really a thumbs down. It's just like, I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Exact opposite of evil. This album, I had to actively make myself stop listening to so I could listen oh, to the rest Oh, you loved it. Lyrics. I love lyrics because this was really well written and because it slapped and because I just love rap music in general and don't mind British people. I hate them. Um, Not really. (laughs) I know. Love them. I know. (laughs) It's a joke. Um, Jokes, people. The double entendre of what was the illest of our time. Suicide was a personal story. And that one was just really beautiful and well-written. Being, he's 33. So he's kind of in between. He's but he 33. Did, I, take a couple I take back yeah. everything I said. I am not impressed anymore. I thought this guy was like 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, this is oh, only the second album amazing. that he's put out. And the last one was in 2016. So it was seven years okay. ago. I think that the vision is very immature. Oh, 100%. I'm, um, I was kidding. I don't, I'm still very impressed. I, the fact that he did this all on his own. That is impressive. That's fucking yeah. awesome. You don't just think like, oh, this is a produced hip hop album. No, the piano on this, that's him. And and it's mm-hmm. brilliant. The, yeah. Like every part, I am incredibly impressed by this album. I, am. I think it's interesting that you liked it more when you thought he was younger. Because I think the lyrics are immature. Oh, 100%. I was giving him a break of like, well, he's he's fucking young. Like, let's, He'll grow into it. Yeah, but he's 33. I think they're well written, but they are immature. He is 33. Well, let's see what kind of songs he's writing when he gets rich. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go the same route as Lord. Lord, yeah. Don't get angry at me. <laughs> Rachel, why don't you take a shot while I and spill crumbs all over uh, yourself while I <laughs> Jesus Christ? Will I read off the next title? Uh, give me a few minutes, you guys. Petro Dragonic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night, Annihilation of Planet Earth, and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. What was it? Brown. I knew I wasn't gonna like it. That was just Hennessy. Uh, David James. Pitchfork gave it 5.4. Guardian did not review it. Evil just caught up. Uh, And the great and honorable needle drop gave it 8 out of 10. Rachel, why don't you go first? I didn't love this. Let's just start out there. This was not my All right. this was not my jam. It was very one note. This album, if you didn't read, Reading was sucks. written in one fucking day. <laughs> was it really? Of, yes. Wow. Um so the narrative of the album and the song t- titles came first, so they Tarantinoed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then each of the seven songs was co-written from scratch in one day. Wow. I don't think it was well done. And maybe because it was written so quickly. And not to say that if you're a genius, you can't produce something that quickly. But I don't think these guys are genius enough to produce something in one day and have it be amazing. Evil, what did you think? Fuck yes, I love this. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. I absolutely do. I called it. I feel like they're slacking. This is only one of two albums they released this year. So I know. They're what slowing the fuck, down. Guys? It Get is it so squarely in my wheelhouse. I don't think they had released anything that was like a metal album. For anyone who who is unfamiliar with King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, they put out I fucking don't know how many albums. Twenty four. This last, is their twenty four. Yeah, in not very long. Like each album is a different genre. They've done genres multiple times, but everything is very they don't stick into into one right. vein. I feel like that's a little bit of a gadget yeah. trick sort of thing yes. that they do. But fuck, they're such good musicians. I think they pull it off. Infest the Rat's Nest is where I'm like, they did a metal album. And I was like, yeah. this out. They're fantastic at doing metal, apparently. And then they do a bunch of other bullshit. And then they come back into yeah. this album, which is also a metal album. Yes. I don't care if they're a gadget band. I love this. Pushes the buttons for me. I'm a big fan of the Swords first two, three albums. This is kind of in that vein for me. There's stupid titles and stuff. I can get past it. <laughs> because the guitar riffs are so fucking good. It is just fucking great music for for me. So, okay, I really liked the last metal album that they did. I thought it was fucking awesome. Here's the thing, all-encompassing story here, because when I sat down and tried to listen to this multiple times, I hated it. It is overly repetitive. 
like I say frequently, we give so much shit to these indie bands that will just do the same fucking thing for two minutes. That's every song in this album. They're doing the same riff and the same beat two straight minutes at a time without it going anywhere. I really did not like it at all. Then I listened to the second album that they came out with this year, which is a synthwave album. And I fucking loved it. And it hit me. They did the same exact thing in that album. The exact same thing. They just found a good synthwave beat and they were like, let's fucking go with this in a song. And I realized that King Gizzard albums, at least this year, it's just a genre thing. If you don't like repetitive sludge metal, you just aren't going to like this album. Evil loved it. I don't. But this with the Synthwave album, I fucking loved it. And I realized, well, they're doing the exact same thing. They're just using different instruments. <laughs> I didn't really like this album, but I love them. I love their shtick. And so there will never be an album of theirs that I think sucks because they're still coming out with better metal than fucking Metallica. So, <laughs> Ooh. Let's move on to an album that I had never heard of this guy, this album. This was a Rachel pick, foreshadowing. It is Oliver Trees, Alone in a Crowd. Rachel, what are you shooting? What are you, oh, what are you grabbing? My dog's nose. She's oh. trying to lick me because I have a taco. That's what right. she said? I don't, no. I mean. <laughs> James, I had to. it's a literal. I was obligated. I mean. <laughs> Stop it. I didn't want to. I, I really to. thought I was going to have the best that's what she said the whole year. And five minutes later, evil fucking steals it. That is the Malibu seltzer. Yes, it's Malibu Pina Colada. Pitchfork gave this 5.2. Guardian gave it three out of five. Ooh. And the great and honorable needle drop gave it five out of ten. Rachel. Uh, Alone in a Crowd by Oliver Tree. Yeah, so Oliver Tree, I had never heard of until I went to ACL last year and we saw him perform. He is an odd gentleman, but I enjoy his music a lot. I don't understand his shtick. I don't know why he feels like he needs it because I enjoy his music without it. I hadn't realized that I had heard him before ACL and enjoyed his music before that, but watching him perform was a little irritating. I didn't really enjoy him in okay. person. <laughs> I I think he's very musically talented, and I enjoyed this album a lot. Comparatively, I think there were more bangers on his last album than this one, but this was still good. Some of his themes, they scream self-esteem issues, and I'm not super into that. I'm alone, and I only feel worth anything when you're around post malone syndrome yes actually sounds like an actual syndrome and i actually it is an actual syndrome it sounds like better post malone but it has the same thematically it feels very similar to that here are my notes on this album the first night is a cool as fuck beat and the chorus that's it this sucks fucking ass what the <laughs> fuck is this rachel and then my witty Comparison comment was, I see Kermit the Frog has turned into a shitty pop star. Wow. (laughs) And that's it. That I listened to this once. This is fucking terrible. Uh, Evil? Tiebreaker. (sighs) I think I know where you're going to lean, though. I tried. (laughs) I I wanted to like this. Yeah, he looks like a quirky dude. He looks like it'd be... But that's my problem, is I'm over weirdness and everything on this level. It's not cute anymore. When everything is weird and novel, nothing is weird and novel. And it waters it down. Even if the music is amazing, I'm just like, I'm fucking so over it. It's a shtick. 
Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem is, is it's the shtick is physical. The music is not right. The music's fucking boring, normal yeah. pop. Right. Yeah. That you don't see his dressed up personality in the music at all. No, no. I like that it was annoying to see him in person. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it really was. Local music promotion. Every band is like dressed quirky and looking as weird as they fucking can. I'm like, I'm just fucking over it. You're old, but no, I get it. No, I'm not old, but that's not an. I mean, that, get off his lawn. Yeah, get off my fucking <laughs> lawn. No, like you're. Uh, to me, your vibe has to follow the shtick. Yeah. Sure. I saw a guy named Andy D who opened for Electric Six at uh, the Neurolux in Boise once. The guy was like full on 80s. He had a rat tail jean jacket vest on and like he was wearing a fanny pack and like 80s neon pants. His music was so fucking hilarious because he was kind of fat white dude that was rapping very, very 80s cliche rap stuff. The look and the rap matched. Right. Mm -hmm. And it worked. It just fucking worked. But when you have the same thing at a guy that's actually just trying to sing normal fucking like... Mm -hmm. Post Malone stuff. It doesn't match and it doesn't make sense. Oh, let's get to another one that I feel like this one is going to maybe piss at least somebody off. I don't know. I'm I'm very intrigued for this like one. one of us or audience? Uh, one of us. Uh, well, let's keep in mind, this next band is a massive... The type of people that listen to a music podcast love this noted. band. Who is Gaslight Anthem's history book... Gaslight Anthem. Nobody reviewed this, which is kind of surprising to me. Sixth studio album. Rachel, what is your drink? Sprite. Aw. <laughs> Evil, uh, what'd you think of Gaslight Anthem? I, I didn't hate it. I don't love it. It's just for me, very mid. It's unoffensive. It's there. Yeah. It's there. Little Fires is all right. I kind of mm-hmm. like that. Not a big Springsteen fan. So when I saw featuring Bruce Springsteen, I right. was like, hmm, whatever. <laughs> I, I know, unpopular well, opinion. Well, but this album is very Springsteen. This band yes. is very Springsteen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. It is very fine. And initially, the very first song I thought, that oh, was very Bruce Springsteen-esque. And then to know that he was featured on it <laughs> and to know that... The reason that he was featured on it is because everybody was like, you know, you guys sound like fucking Bruce Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen was like, okay, I can come on your album. And it's just a shittier version of Bruce Springsteen and Pressure Machine (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. I got the national out Mm -hmm. of it. All of it was fine. I'm not going to listen to it again. Metacritic gave it 77 Uh, out of 100. Solid C. I think this is incredibly simply written, which I like. This is good, polished Americana. Mm. I actually like this more than a lot of the Springsteen-y type stuff. This is happy background music, and that's okay sometimes. It's okay to be that band. Spider Bites, it's very Gaslight Anthem. It's New Age Americana (laughs) album kicker offer, and that's fine. I thought this was a good album. I even heard some Marchers a Loaf in there sometimes, which was fucking rad, like a, a little bit maybe heavier for them on occasion. This isn't something to write home about. This isn't something that I'm going to listen to again. That's fair. I wasn't miserable. We are 10 albums in. God damn. Fucking hell. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be back with 10 more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. 
It's the ballad of Darren by Blur. Rachel, what are you shooting? Looks like wine. Yep. <laughs> so you're not a wine drinker. I'm not a wine shooter. You understand there's no difference between taking a drink and taking a shot I mean, of something, though, right? I don't usually like, like bottoms up my glass of wine. I usually take sips of it. But that's a sip of a shot that you're taking. That's more than one that's of like my a... sips of wine. Okay. Maybe you just hate alcohol. That's not true. What are you doing on this goddamn podcast? I don't know. You right? hired yeah, me. I was going to ask that too. Pitchfork gave The Ballad of Darren by Blur 7.2. Guardian gave it. You guessed it. Four out of five stars. Guardian did not review it, and the great and honorable Needle Drop gave it six out of ten. Rachel, what did you think of Blur's the Ballad of Darren. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I found it very safe. There was enough diversity within the album. The songs blended into each other. I thought it was kind of boring. Great macro music, though. It wasn't bad. It was just not exceptional. This is good, Blur. Look, look, Blur has nine albums, and there are three that are just fucking phenomenal. And there are three or four that suck. This one is a a little bit of a mix, but the problem is, is that it's boring. Right. Mm. Like this album isn't bad, but it's boring as shit. Mm. The ballad, Avalon, they're beautiful. They're well done, but come on, man, you're fucking blurred. You came out with fucking song number two. (laughs) What are you doing? These are bored fucking rock stars. That's what Mm. this is. The bad thing is, is Damon Albarn, he already did the gorillas this year which is an incredibly good but chill album. You can't come out with two. This one needs to be different. This is your rock group album. You hit the nail on the head. I'm like, this is not song two blur. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. it, it's just like old, tired blur. Yeah. It's, this is blurry blur. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a good dad joke. <laughs> and to your point, like I'm, I'm way more interested in gorillas at this point than, yes. I mean, I really liked blurs. I think it was their last album, magic whip. I, that's kind of calm, but it's fucking awesome. It's cool. Yeah. This one was just, I just think he's bored. It sounds bored. Yeah. All right. Bored blur. Bored blur. Let's get to Oh Monolith by Squid. Rachel, what you drinking? Just Malibu. Why did that one hit harder? I think you're kind of a scared drinker. Because you even do the shot face. Before I start. When you drink Sprite. I'm just scared. Pitchfork gave Oh Monolith 7.3. Guardian gave it, you guessed it. Four out of five stars. Four out of five stars. And the Great and Honorable Needle Drop gave it eight. Out of 10, Evil, what do you think of O Monolith? What do you think of Squid? Ooh, this is the most obtuse album of the group. It was the one I had the hardest time with. I listened to it once and I was just like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I can't tell if there's like a lot there and it's genius and it's very creative or if it's trying to be that. Okay. So I think I would need a lot more time with this album to really talk about it. My interest is peaked. So I struggled with this album a little bit. This is the only album in the group where when I was scrolling back and forth through my notes that I was like, what was this album again? It didn't, mm-hmm. there's nothing in this that was memorable that struck out outside of the fact that there were a couple songs that induced a lot of anxiety and that it sounded like there were <laughs> yes multiple songs playing on the same track yeah. at the same time. <laughs> and I thought really made me stressed out. But outside of that, nothing stand out to me. This album is kind of doing me in uh, still. I'm still trying to figure this album out. They have songs 
on here that are unreal builds that this band does mm-hmm. are insanely spectacular they are mind-bending swing in a dream it's a perfect blend of weird but well telegraphed avant-garde it's still heavy it's odd the time signatures aren't that confusing so it's not like your brain is just musically getting fucked with it's just the builds and the what are they doing with the dynamics sort of thing there's a lot of radiohead on this trumpet on here which makes stuff kind of, some of the stuff sounds a, a little bit cake maybe it's just because of the trumpet <laughs> uh, bottom line is, is a lot of these songs that get done and i'm like wow that was really fucking smart this has fucked me over because i had my five albums of the year picked out and this one to me is becoming a front runner i am really into this album and that's oh monolith by squid yeah. That should have been my whole review. I think I can't stop listening to this album. Let's get to another uber fucking weird one. How about Voir Dire by Earl Sweatshirt and The Alchemist? Uh, Rachel, what you shooting? Rockstar Zero. Hey, Zero rock stars in that drink. Pitchfork gave it 7.8. Guardian did not review it, and the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it 7 out of 10 stars. The beats on this are awesome. I like the East Coast vibe. I think it's thought-provoking. I'm not a spoken word rap guy. This sort of stuff is never going to be my thing. The Alchemist is one of those groups that everybody says is brilliant, and I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why. Hmm. What is it about this that's brilliant? It doesn't hit me. This rap is so fucking droney to me. Mm. It's so droney. And I'm not saying it's bad, but man, to me, because of the drone, it sounds so emotionless. And I hate that. He's saying meaningful shit and he's talking about blood in the motherland. And but he sounds half asleep. He sounds like he's he doesn't care. And then there are songs like Heat Check that sound like the rap was written before the beat and they don't even go together. I I don't I didn't like this. I, I I saw rave reviews for this shit and I listened to it and I was like, I don't, you know what Evil was saying about Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers? Essentially honed down to, I think a lot of people think this is brilliant because people told them it's brilliant. Mm. That's me with this. I don't think this is brilliant. I think a lot of people said it was going to be or is. And so people are like, oh yeah, okay. We are the same person on this one. This guy was called Hip Hop prodigy um in 2011 when he first started his mom is a critical race theorist his dad was a poet and a political activist he comes from this very intelligent line of people and so i think in that definitely comes out in his music so he was doomed from the start however (laughs) i do feel like being a nepo baby like that i just expected more out of it and it felt very safe it felt very syrupy and I don't think this is, and I don't want to bring age into it like David does, but for being 29, I don't think this is amazing. And I think that because there are so many rappers that in the recent past that have put out so much fucking amazing work with JID, with Kendrick, like all these, I, I'm just kidding. There are too many people doing it better right Exactly. Now. This is a B plus in comparison Rachel, to everything else. Rachel, for the else. first time ever. <laughs> You and I are in total agreement. What do you think? You can do the very dreamy laid back beats and you can do the sort of behind the beat, lazy spoken word. But if you do both, you get this and it's sure it just falls flat. It's not interesting. 
it's easy to listen to. It's like background on the, but it's just, it doesn't. You're talking about blood of the motherland. Your right. shit should not be easy to listen yeah. to. Mm-hmm. This should fuck you up. These beats should be fucking hurting your ears. The message and the sonics don't match. Exactly. It feels phoned in because of that. Yeah. All three of us are in very much agreement with that. Yeah. Somebody tell us why we're wrong. While we go to the next album, Mono. By Kay Flay. Rachel, what are you shooting before we listen to this? Something clear. More Malibu. There's a lot of Malibu in this. The guy knows what you like. Uh, Pitchfork did not review this. Guardian did not review this. The ever important and honorable needle drop did not review this. Evil, did you review this? I did. (laughs) It was a fun listen, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if there's a lot there to go back to. I don't know if there's a lot of depth there or replayability for me maybe it was the mood i was in when i listened to it interesting on first blush but okay. i was also like i don't know if i come back to this if it's going to be the same thing sure Does gotcha. that makes sense it yeah. absolutely makes sense you can't find anything to really bitch about there's something about it that's going to keep you from coming back i was like oh this is quirky and interesting i like this beat that blah 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 but at the same time i'm like nothing is like interesting me in the long term i very much agree it was a fun listen it wasn't amazing it sounded like Crayshawn singing to O-Rod backup music and it was fine this is her fifth studio album she's been nominated for a couple Grammys in the past so she's done some really good work she also lost her hearing completely in one ear uh, a little over a year ago so that is wow. interesting. She was concerned that mm-hmm. it was uh, a little bit better than background music for me. It was good cleaning music. It's got a good beat to it. There's a lot of it that was just kind of silly. Yeah. But I think it was fine. And I think it worked with her. And I think it worked with the music. So if song one comes on. She's a female Fred Durst <laughs> is, is what she is in the sure. first song. <laughs> like all the weird Fred Durst syncopations and shit. It was... So hilarious, but I'm telling you what, that first song got me, especially when she's, the beat starts speeding up a little bit and then that drum breakdown comes in. I'm like, this is fucking legit shit. The whole album, you're both right. It becomes a little more cute. Mm. Olivia Rodrigo than it does Limp Biscuit. Honestly, there's something about this album that opposite, like it kept making me come back to it. Oh, really? This was my palate cleanser for these 20 albums. Uh, I kept going back and getting into it. There's something about her that's a little too cool. There are some artists where that works and for Mm. her, it works for me. I don't know what it is. You get two songs in and it's super duper pop and look how badass I am. And yes, I'm not really that badass, but it's catchy as fuck. It's very catchy. catchy. The more I listen to it, the more I got into it. So good job, K-Flay. She started much more rap and now she's going to this rock rap thing and I am way into it. I didn't know about her hearing loss, but the album title makes way more sense. Yeah. I think it's in that first track. There's like a moment where it like goes to this buzzing in an ear. I wonder if that's related. So oh. may, maybe there's more there than, than I was giving it credit. Let's go to the next album and see if anybody didn't like it. My Back was a bridge for you to cross by Anoni. Does anybody know Anoni and the Johnstons? Johnsons? Sorry. Rachel, what are you drinking? Margarita Mac. I guess when you have 20 drinks, you really have to double up on a couple. <laughs> it's going to happen. We don't have 20 It's going to happen. Pitchfork gave this 8.7. Guardian gave it four out of five stars. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it eight out of 10. High, high reviews for this one. Rachel, are they deserved? 
It's a great question. Let's talk about it. That means no. <laughs> That's a maybe. This was my first intro to Anoni. There was a lot of stuff that I really, really loved. The vocal tone. Mm. It felt Nina Simone. I felt a little Eva Cassidy. A slower, sexier Caroline Polchek. And it was a very good album. It had very slow 60s romantic vibes to it that I was into. I don't know that this is something that I would listen to again outside of I'm listening to it to analyze it. It got great reviews and it got great reviews because it's really good. It's not up my alley. I'm a very, very big, as of recently, two years ago, I found Anthony and the Johnsons and I've been a huge fan. Their, their earlier stuff is gorgeous, beautiful stuff. Uh, sorry, Ant right. it was Anthony and the Johnsons. No, it's now just, it's Anoni and the Johnsons. It's just Anoni. Oh, this album's befuddling. There's fantastic writing. There's beautiful production, but there's songs that are just the worst kind of slam poetry I just don't think this is even close to as good as the older stuff. The amazing jazz guitar on this. The singing is beautiful. I feel like this is one of those albums that if you're not in the right mood when you hear it, you are going to have zero interest in it. And maybe that's what it was because this one just did not catch me. I tried it a couple times and I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Evil, what about you? Uh, so weird. If the Squid album was like obtuse, this one, it was just bizarre. <laughs> There's so many elements that are mixed together. The 60s R&B feel, but the songs will like crescendo into just madness at points. And I'm like, yes. I I don't know if I really like it. I don't know what to make of it. It's just, it's just fucking wild. I enjoy parts of it a lot. There was a, a point listening to it where I'm like, I should probably get this on vinyl and just like sit and listen to it. And then I listen to it more. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Man, I'll tell you this though, as a guitar guy... Yeah. And for all you guitar listeners, the guitar in this album it's, is fucking gorgeous. It's great. Yes. Oh my God. Ugh. Like how often do you hear jazz guitar with Ugh. that tone nowadays? You it's don't beautiful. hear that anymore. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But the, the song structures, most of the songs start with that kind of slow jazzy feel and some of them stick with it and others just descend into, I don't even Madness. know how, it's what, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It sounds like all three of us, very impressed, not our thing yeah. moving forward. Maybe, yeah. Let's get to, I guess we have a lot of listeners that are wondering when the fuck were we going to talk about this bad boy? <laughs> this bad boy being, but here we are by the Foo Fighters. Rachel, what are you drinking in honor of Taylor Hawkins? Mead, all father mead. Yeah. Pitchfork gave this 7.0. Guardian gave it, you guessed it, four, four out, of out of five stars. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave this a surprising eight out of 10. Did not see that coming. Evil, what did you think of Foo Fighters' oh, most recent attempt? We've mentioned this. We did it in this episode earlier. It's like, what if AI wrote a so-and-so album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get that here, but it's like, what if AI wrote a great insert band album? And that's sure. what this okay. is to me. I think it's a really good album, but I don't know if it has its own identity. And that's the AI component to it. It sounds like a great Foo Fighters album, but I can't find what makes it its own thing other than it's just a great Foo Fighters album. That's such a good take. I want to steal that. <laughs> I completely fucking agree. It's weird. Maybe when you get this old as a band, your early self starts to influence you yeah. because there is so much like nothing left to lose. Like, I wonder right. if Dave Grohl was listening to nothing left to lose, trying to, you know, just like remembering mm -hmm. Taylor Hawkins one night and mm -hmm. was like, I want to write this shit again. Yeah. Cause that's what it is. Yeah. 
here's the thing. This album is bullshit. We can't review this album properly because this is a fucking, this album's not allowed to suck. It's about Dave Grohl, who we all love to death, Mm -hmm. dealing with his mom and Taylor Hawkins dying so close together. What are we going to do? Fucking trash this? Mm -mm. Like, that's not, well, Rachel might, who knows? But (laughs) it's not fair. The review is just going to be that, hey, this is an album. It's there. Even if we didn't like it, we wouldn't say it. But the thing is, is there's a lot of really good shit on this album. There really is. Am I looking at it with rose-colored glasses just because I wanted Dave Grohl's Finding His Solace album to be great? I I don't know. There are songs on here that I very much don't like, and there are songs on here that I think are fucking incredible. And I think that's just the Foo Fighters at this point. Rachel, what did you think about this album? A lot of what you guys thought, this is an album that is closest to when I fell in love in the later 90s Mm -hmm. this is what we grew up listening to but it also has a more mature feel to it i'll compare it to the blink 182 album (laughs) that was the same music that they put out when we first started listening to them Mm. it didn't feel like evolution musically really or lyrically while dave Grohl was trying to mature and live a fun life blink 182 was marrying kardashians and talking about ufos on podcasts Yeah, I don't remember what the joke was, but at the concert that I went to a couple months ago, made some comments about something in the 90s. And he said, if you don't understand that, turn to the 50 year old next to you and they can explain it to you. (laughs) He very much understands. Mm -hmm. He understands that he's older and he doesn't try and fake this nostalgic feeling to sell records. This is influenced by, but it's not the copy paste of their earlier stuff. You're very correct. I think that's in him because two years ago he came out with a fucking rock disco album. So it sounds like we're all very much on the same page for this one. Yeah. Uh, Good job, Dave. The only other thing I'll say is this, and and a thought of this because of a different artist will actually probably talk about in the finale but writing an album like this that is essentially therapy Mm -hmm. for you and you're going out there and you're singing songs like but here we are where dave grohl is his whole self is in that song he is just completely unleashing it yeah what happens in like four years when that's a hit now and you're supposed to like why would you ever want to play that again Mm. in like three years you'd be like i can't play any of these songs again i can't go to that place anymore that's really interesting there's this song by taylor swift that talks about her mom getting cancer and then getting cancer again and it's a very sad song i don't think i've ever heard her perform it but it's on an album. And that's interesting that you say that because how do you revisit that? Yeah. Taylor Swift. I just wanted to talk about Taylor no, Swift. No, I know. It's once an episode. Let's go to the next album that I actually know for a fact Evil's going to give two huge thumbs up. <laughs> Starcatcher by Greta Van Fleet. Pitchfork did not review. Guardian did not review. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it a three out of 10. Rachel, what you drinking? Something brown. (laughs) Mead. More Hennessy. God bless Hennessy. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to you first, Evil. I, (laughs) when I first heard them, I was like, oh, cool. It's like this band doing the Zeppelin thing. And there was a moment where not long after that, they were being interviewed and someone brought that up. And Mm -hmm. the singer, the band's like mostly brothers. I don't know if it's all brothers, but it's mostly brothers. Three Three of them. The Kizka brothers. 
the the singer, he's like, oh no, we're we're not really into Zeppelin. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to do more of an like an Aerosmith thing. I'm like, oh, I just fucking checked out at that point. I'm like these <laughs> yeah. idiot kids. And so I don't know if I'll ever give them a chance after that. It's it is <laughs> the music's not terrible serviceable rock music you guys are never going to have your own identity they're just not going to that makes it hard to listen to any other music i'll listen to it but i'll just be like yeah they're just trying to do this thing yeah i was in the exact exact same boat i hate how much they copy zep and don't acknowledge it even this album Mm -hmm. this album is a little more acid chill Mm -hmm. this is fucking zeppelin not only are they copying zeppelin but they're even going era to era yeah they're copying the progression i'll say this right now i don't think this album's good but i found their identity because i actually went and saw them this year whoa here's the thing about this band they have a good drummer Mm -hmm. They have a terrible fucking guitar player (laughs) and they have one of the greatest vocalists I've ever fucking heard. When he sang live, I was convinced for at least the first half of that show that it was a fucking recording. There's no way he was fucking singing. This is the type of guy that's like going backstage when the team's jamming and he's got like, I studied it. He's got like vocal coaches that travel with Mm. him and he's like taking shit and he's It was one of the greatest vocal performances I've ever heard. So I will always have a deep respect just for that alone. I'll say it like this. Anybody that's defending these guys, go listen to the song on this album, Sacred Thread. You cannot copy Led Zeppelin and then say you don't copy Led Zeppelin and then start a song with When the Levee Breaks Drum. You don't get to do that. That's in fucking sane. The fucking balls on these guys. Rachel, sorry, I went very long. That's what she said. I think they're great. And earlier when we did the 21 album, they're children. And so I think that I went on on mom defense of like, don't get- Yeah, they're young. After my boys. I did a little research this time because (laughs) I I thought this was great. I think that these boys are very talented. Mm -hmm. Three out of the four grew up in the same household. They're all brothers. They grew up listening to, you know, among Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton and, you know, rock music of the 70s. So that's where they're getting their influence of. And that's what they think music sounds like. It didn't sound like they were listening to very modern stuff of their time. On the defense of them, you can take Led Zeppelin and be like, okay, well, they didn't come out of nowhere. They're an amalgam of Billy Squire, Rush, Kingdom Come. They're a bunch of Joan Baez. American blues. Yeah. There's a bunch of Muddy Waters. Everybody steals from everybody. And Josh sounds exactly like Robert Plant. Yes. Like, but when you learn how to sing and you listen to other people, you pick up how they sound because that's how you think it should sound. Yeah, it was. It's a good album. I think you can feel the evolution, and maybe it is a copy paste of Led Zeppelin's evolution. I do feel like that they're coming to me into is themselves. The it's not that they're biting off of Led Zeppelin so much as they are not only just copying the band; they're copying the entire fucking their wor- timeline. Yeah, yeah. sure. That Starcatcher mm. by Greta Van Fleet. Evil is just disgusted right now. It's fine. Here's the thing. There are more, by a large, technically proficient, really young guitar players that have ever existed because they have access to YouTube, tutorials. They can see exactly how a certain Mm -hmm. artist plays every single fucking note. And so they just learn it note for note. They don't have to figure it out for themselves. And because of that, they don't establish their own voice, their own technique, their own carbon copies, even better because they have every single thing imagined. They have all the access to all of the Absolutely. 
there's like soul missing in that. I could see that. That's the trick about it is that you can't fool people that love music. You can copy shit all you want, but I'm telling you, when I went and saw them live, that guitar player... Every time he started a solo and he would fuck it up, it's, yeah. you can't hide from that shit. Yeah, there's a lot of young people there having fun and thinking that they were the greatest thing ever. But the people that, mm-hmm. sorry, young kids, no music are watching it being like, this guy fucking sucks. And he's famous because he f- tried to. <laughs> That's fine. Anyway, sorry. A couple of old get, get off our, off our lawn. <laughs> Let's talk about tunnels. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? By Lana Del Rey. Uh, Rachel, what you drinking? Something clear. Water. How appropriate. <laughs> Pitchfork gave it an 8.3 out of 10. A Guardian gave it, you guessed it, a 4, four out, out of 5 stars. stars. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it 9 out of 10, making this the highest rating album that we will cover on this list. Yeah. Rachel, what did you think of Lana Del Rey's album that she came out this year? I have never been a huge Lana Del Rey fan. I love it. I love her. There's not a lot of diversity within her albums, and it gets a little tired pretty quickly listening to her voice. I love her voice, but if it's the same song for 10 songs, I kind of get over it. This album, if I got taken, kidnapped... I have a very specific set of skills. By a serial killer... And the serial killer had me like strapped down to a gurney and was about to like remove my organs. Into this so far. And I was freaking out. He'd be like, calm down. Let me play you some Lana Del Rey. (laughs) And he would think that this would relax me. Okay. What the fuck happened? I don't know. Where where are we now? Where do we go with that? What's going on? Evil, what'd you think? Uh, I've never liked her. Not going to start now. Didn't listen to it. On a scale of one to ten, where would this be on your when I'm strapped to a gurney by a serial killer rating? I didn't. I don't. I've never liked her. No. Not going to start today. Skimmed the album slightly. I was like, yep, that's kind of what I expected. So I don't know if it was the ratings. I don't know what, but I listened to this twice. It's very beautiful. Yep. I don't fucking get it. Yeah. And that's all. That's my review. That's Lana Del Ney. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Lana, 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 not, not going to work, work anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to our next album. The balls on these girls for naming this album The Record by Boy Genius. Pitchfork gave it 8.2 out of 10. Guardian gave it 5 out of 5 oh, stars. Shit. First one what? we've seen. Guardian. And the ever important and honorable needle drop gave it seven out of ten. Rachel, what you drinking? Great question. Mm. Oh God, it's more eight hundred. Evil. What'd you think of Boy Genius? <sighs> I look them up. I'm like American indie supergroup. Mm-hmm. Then I look at the names. I'm like, I don't know who are <laughs> what? these bitches. <laughs> who are these? <laughs> You don't know any of them? No. I don't care to. I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I'm like, it's a very, very, very sometimes food. But as much as I probably should on paper, I don't hate it. I was like, this isn't too bad. It's catchy. I like the vocal harmonies. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to this a ton. But I was like, this is actually, they're fucking talented. It's enjoyable. I don't mind it. The talent is crazy yes. palpable immediately. Yes. Yes. It's unshocking that this is essentially a songwriter supergroup. Mm-hmm. Anti-curse songs like that are where this band really shines. It's spacey. 
It's got harsh reverb. Mm-hmm. I actually think that they overuse the three-part harmony a lot in this. It gets to be a little too much for me. They just keep going there to where there's not a lot of dynamics. When they pick their spots, it's fucking awesome. Cool about it is very Simon and Garf, like the boxer. Mm. Satanist is much more 90s alt-rock coolness. This isn't as good as I wanted it to be, but they're a super group. So I'm judging this very harshly. I'm also a huge Phoebe Bridgers fan. I love Phoebe Bridgers and I like Julian Baker. I'm judging this pretty hard. They deserve it. I do think this is mood specific. It's a fantastic album that's gorgeous. That is probably not going to be in my rotation. We are almost the same person. This was written up in Rolling Stone a little bit before it came out. They were on the cover when I was in an airport one time and I bought it and read about this is a big time album of the year talk album very anticipated and it was very good but like you said I wanted a little bit more out of Mm -hmm. it and it was amazing these girls are so talented you mentioned a little bit too much on the three-part harmonies I love them I loved the introduction uh, with the three parts I thought that was great I loved we're in love with the rawness of could hear the metal on the strings on the guitar. It was a really beautiful, very dreamy, very well done album. I would have liked a little more diversity in it. And I think Mm. it's not lazy, but I wanted a little bit more out of it. Yeah, lacking in diversity. There wasn't that thing. There wasn't that thing where I heard it and I was like, oh my fucking God, but great album. Yeah, That leads us to our last album of the day. We are almost there, Michael by Killer Mike. Pitchfork gave this 6.5 out of 10. Guardian gave it, you guessed it, 4 out of 5 stars. And the ever important Honorable Needle Drop gave it 6 out of 10. Rachel, what's your final shot of the night? More Rockstar's hero. She ends it with the caffeine. She's going to get hype for the rest of her day. Let's end it with Evil talking about Killer Mike. Good, not great. I love his vocal delivery. Yes. It was easy to listen to. It was easy just to kind of put it on a jam too. And I mostly listened to it as background music while I was working. I dig it. It's It feels safe. Not taking a lot of risks. I like his voice. I like it. Yeah. That's the kind of hip hop I like. I like a little bit of the G-Funk. I feel like it got a little more tame and boring towards the end. But first half of the album, awesome. I don't know how much I'd listen to this moving on. But Killer Mike's pretty killer. So yeah. <laughs> Rachel, what do you think of Killer Mike? I know you're a Run the Jewels fan. I am a Run the Jewels fan, so I was pretty excited about listening to this one. I found a quote. I forget where I got it from, but it sounds like... If AI were to write a... (laughs) Just kidding. It sounds like old rap man yells at cloud. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's fantastic. Yeah. That's perfect. It's fantastic. There were so many moments in this where I was just like... He revisited a moment in slumber where he gets his girlfriend pregnant when he's 15. And I'm like, okay, so this was 35 years ago. And he tells the story and it's great. And then in the last couple of verses, he tells the story again. And I'm just like, you did this already. So he kind of has this old man over elaborating on the story. That <laughs> yeah, you've already grandpa, told. you told uh, that story seven times already. I, I, I may you. have Alzheimer's, but at, at least, least I don't, I don't have, have Alzheimer's. <laughs> There was another thing that I saw. I don't know where he was speaking, but he was talking about how one of his friends said, this is the average working class black man story. And it's not. Part of it is, but part of it, there was a a line in Exit 9 where it says, let's bring out the champagne, roll in an airplane. 
this is not the average working class man's story. It was like two Lord albums put together before you're famous, after you're famous, but in the same album. It was great. I love Killer Mike, but it really, it did feel a little like an old man wrote it. It's Killer Mike, so I'm going to like it. I love Killer Mike. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is, it's not bad. It's just nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Chappelle and Andre 3000 are on it, so I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. It's kind of elementary rap for him. Some of the lines are, I've heard you do way better than that yeah. many, many times. Some of the shit on this album, it's it's lines that I've heard a million times and that stopped being witty in like the year 2000. I feel like he tried to be more than he usually is on this. He wanted to be a, he, he always says very things that make you think, but in this one, it almost seemed like he was trying too hard, but I've always liked him. He does the South and east coast thing really well he blends southern rap and east coast rap and i've Mm -hmm. always loved that about him but i probably won't listen to this again but it's way fucking better than earl sweatshirt fucking album that we had to listen (laughs) to yeah yeah i um mm, because he just sounds like he means it you know Yeah. yeah he's like engaged hey that's 20 albums everybody you're done you fucking did it rachel what was your favorite out of all these? It was Ren. Was it really? It was Ren. I loved it, and then I dug deep into it, and it made me love it more. It was great. I thought it was the best of the bunch. Grew on me a lot, too, when I researched it. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, I agree with you on that. I will go next. My favorite of the batch right now, and it has changed. I think this is the third time it's changed. It's going to change again. But my favorite right now is Mono by K-Flay. Interesting. I... Okay. Keep going back to it. I'm fucking into it. Wow. That first song's a goddamn banger. She's that. she's good, man. But Evil, what about you? What's your favorite? Oh, man. As much as I want it to be Rival Sons, it is the King Gizzard album. I win. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I love the Rival Sons album. It's good. I, I, yeah, and I, it's and good. I still can't tell you if I like Lightbringer more than Dark Fighter. They're both worth a listen. I see what they did there. Yeah. Oh, but right back to you, Evil. What was your least favorite of the batch? I mean, I could say Lana Del Rey because I just didn't even give it a chance. Is that fair? I mean, I don't <laughs> was know. Was it actively fair. bad I, for you? To your podcast. Or did you just not care? I don't think she's... I just don't care. That's fine. It's more insulting with that one because it got such fucking amazing reviews. Why? Crazy good reviews. I did like it better than her other stuff. If I had to pick... <laughs> This will probably piss off some folk. Uh, it's probably a tie between Blink-182 and Wilco. Those two both were eh. Very That's understandable fine. to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oliver Tree. I hated that. <laughs> I hated everything about it. I forgot about that. Uh, Rachel, what about you? This is bad. Uh, it was The Stones. I didn't love it. And okay. there's other stuff by them that I like a lot more. And I don't hate the stones. I appreciate that when I take a day off on <laughs> shitting on the stones that you pick I got, has to. I got you. <laughs> so join us next week still, please. We are revising and revisiting what we have talked about previously, our best ofs. But for us, recording wise, we're done yeah. until the finale. Mm. Rachel, what's your consensus on all of the albums we quick fired this year? I think there's a lot better stuff this year. Really? Yeah. There was a lot more stuff that I was into and a lot more stuff that was fine. There was a lot less stuff that I actively hated. I agree. There was a lot less that I hated, but there was also a lot less of fuck yes. I want sure. that so bad. I honestly don't know. I'll tell you this. My top five favorite albums this year 
has been a way bigger struggle than it has been the previous two years. Mm. So I don't know what that says about the albums this year. I don't know if there's just a consolidated bunch that are great or what. Yeah. Evil, what about you? I have thoughts. Uh, I have a question for you. Have any of your favorite top five albums come from the quick fires? Well, the answer is yes, because we, we were talking about one of these being. There is an album that is that is on my top five that it came from the quick fires this year. Hmm. Interesting. I, I thought it was an interesting group of albums. I feel like there was probably more albums that I actually liked from the quick fires last year. Okay. But I thought that this was an interesting group of albums this year we did it we did it everybody tune in next week we got one more episode but for you two jabronis i'm gonna see you uh in a couple weeks in an indisclosed location versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod hey everybody thanks for listening to so many new albums this year with us these are some of our favorite episodes to do they're fun they keep it fresh uh, Rachel, hey, thanks for joining. Thanks for the 20 drinks. What do you have now that you're buzzed? Record more shit for you, David. It's about fucking time. Uh, Evil, same question. What do you got for the rest of the day? We're continuing the Christmas decorating because we're weirdos and we do it way early. That's fine. Not even Thanksgiving yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're going to see you next week. Good night fun. and good luck. Yay. Oh, I-